1: Celebrate. year's podcast we are sam it's been a while since we did do a, uh, an open like i did it like a real intro just now remember when we used to do like real intros
2: yeah um good times uh, i don't know man you know zaza's back so we have to make this podcast more professional we got to bring it back to the glory days fun fact do you know the warriors have won a title every year zaza's been on the roster I mean, that's you know just, that, that's just a fact. Facts. You only. know that in
1: you know you know that in pick up hoops, when I play with my buddies in tournaments and stuff, I'm known as Zaza now because I'm washed and I can only set screens. So, <laughs> you know,
2: you just the dude constantly walking the line.
1: I, oh yeah. Oh, I've had people. I mean, back when I used to play a lot more, it was actually good. People would get so angry because like I would do things where it's like. it's like you put your knee you wouldn't be hurt but you like put your knee under his ass right so it's just like uncomfortable for them where they can't like move and stuff like that it's not like they get injured but they'll be like dude what the fuck are you doing like cut it out and this is by the way what
2: Draymond will be doing when he's at the tail end too (laughs) like
1: he's not doing that right now or
2: or basically chris paul
1: (laughs) chris paul every single game yeah the only
2: difference is those guys are significantly better whereas like Zaza's only trait was rebound, box out, and do all the dirty things.
1: Yeah, he had to do that to be good at basketball.
2: Well, how do we start the podcast doing Zaza? Because he is the new Jerry West. He is replacing. (laughs) I mean, I don't. His role is consultant, which really. I mean, it could mean he does nothing. It could, or it could mean he's Jerry West. You know, it's like it's one of those vague titles. Like they, they released all the new titles mike dunleavy is now the assistant gm i don't know how i feel about that one but i'm not going to pretend did
1: like, you see that that was weird huh
2: yeah i'm not I gonna just... i'm not gonna pretend i'm like in on the inner workings and how much he's doing so we'll, we'll see how it works out
1: by the way um uh everybody please check out blue wire i'm gonna do a little plug sam uh kevin jones uh ceo at blue wire doing huge things he did a, a presentation last week uh, in front of a lot of investors, so it went really well. Uh, subscribe to Light Years. It only helps us, helps him. Five star ratings. You know, you know yeah, me. People hate me a lot. They like you, Sam. So go ahead and throw that out there. Well, it's I mean, that makes that
2: makes sense. I'm I'm the one at the heart. You're not so. Um, <laughs> But, no, we're we're going to do some cool things this year. I don't really want to get into it now because these are just kind of fun summer pods. But I think we'll post more often, maybe some bonus content. We'll, we'll get into it in a month or so.
1: There will be a lot of fun stuff. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. But... So,
2: so there's only really one piece of Warriors news this week. So we should kind of start with this, and then we can just take the pod where we want to go. Uh, the Chase Center is real. It. it in the official opening. The Warriors have officially moved all their business ops and employees over this week. Uh,
1: I didn't think it was actually gonna be real. I remember texting you like two weeks ago. No no no. We were talking last week and I was like I was like, Sam, like, do you think this shit's actually gonna get built? Like I still look at it sometimes and it's like, damn, this thing's not even done yet. And no less than like two days later later, you're doing a tour inside Chase Center. Um, you saw it live, so your thoughts. I wanna get your thoughts. We need them. The people need
2: them. You know, some people have been critical, but like I've – it was weird for me walking through it uh, because I just never seen a game there. When I was walking through it, what stuck with me is the number one thing you remember about basketball games is the atmosphere. Um and we just don't know what that's going to be like. You know, it's not a baseball stadium. Like everyone can go to AT and T Park, or I guess it's Oracle Park. Whoa, 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 whoa! And, Oracle. Yes. And and you know, I mean, like it is just a very pretty place to watch a baseball game, right? But but baseball, every stadium is shaped differently. Like you, you can't really do that with basketball, can you?
1: Well, our friend of the podcast, Ethan Strauss at the Athletic, had a had a had a biting piece about the shape of the arena he said it's just a cylinder so to your point i guess there's not much you can do about the shape of an arena but who cares about the fucking shape of an arena? yeah so my
2: know. so my thing what else is, did you like so my, like? my thing is um the sight lines appeared good they it's like 90 percent the same kind of bowl layout as oracle so two two levels yep. good views from everywhere a little different but like they they didn't go for the staple center three-tiered thing They didn't go for the United Center where it kind of is really cavernous. They're trying to create the same atmosphere, whereas if the fans are into it, it's loud. Whether that's the case, we'll see, right? But Yeah, it did.
1: Sorry, yeah, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was going to say, yeah, so it's like it it did seem to me they they didn't try to pack in an extra 10,000 seats or something to kind of really put the fans farther away. It's like the same type of sight lines.
1: It did seem a little bit like a lot of my friends got that tour. Um, They probably saw you as well. They did say it was like it was pretty it was gorgeous inside. Um, And so they were also season ticket holders at Oracle. And I think most people that went to Oracle games, great atmosphere, right? Great fans. But. I mean, the thing was a shit show inside. Like, I, we had guys. I remember covering the team for so long. Guys were taping the floors down before the game and yeah. pulling tape out off the floors after the game. They they said this was uh, this was gorgeous, right? Obviously, it's a brand new arena. Um, I think the point is though, like, there's not anything in it that's kind of different from anyone else. I guess when you're Joe Lacob, somebody that talks so much about how great his he yeah, is, I feel, I feel like people is. were
2: expecting like a floating floor or something like. like. Yep. Yep. you were joking exactly. about like they should have had a huge statue of like, a courtside just <laughs> watching everyone. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, I just you expect someone like Laker, right, to do something like that. But I, I think that's that's why like the expectations are from that. But outside of that, it's like you're right though. Like, what what are you supposed to do? What are you like? What are you supposed to do with this arena that's supposed to like differentiate itself outside of? Hey, if it's gonna be loud and have good fans like the old Oracle Arena, that's isn't that all we want? Isn't that all? That yeah, matters?
2: so I'll, I'll regrade it in maybe halfway through the season or after we mm-hmm. have gone, but like I, I kind of made a list. If I, if I'm going to a game as a fan, um, things I want in this order price is number one. They're God. obviously not doing us a favor there, <laughs> uh, but like, I mean, obviously, um, two is sight line. Can I see the game? Well, from where I'm sitting, uh, are the fans Sammy, close? you got court
1: side seats. Come on, man.
2: <laughs> but, you know, that, like, they, there are – state. I do not, by the way. But like, <laughs> there are stadiums where the sight lines suck more than others, right? Oof. Three is how quickly can I move around? Can I get to the concessions and back between timeouts? Or if I get up, is it going to be a half-quarter-to-quarter-long right. right. adventure? Right. And that was always my issue with Oracle, man. If you try to get up to go get a beer, to go to go get some fries, to get some sort of food, you're like, okay, I got to leave at the two-minute mark so I beat the rush so I can be back for the start of the next quarter. And, like, you don't want to do that. You want to be able to get in and out fast. And that's one of those things where you won't know until they start playing games. Like, are there enough concessions? Can you get in and out of there quick? Or is this the type of thing where it's like, get everything before the game because if you have to go again, you're going to miss a half a quarter.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I thought Oracle wasn't that bad there. I don't know. I, I thought that it was relatively easy. But I, for me, it was always, as a media person, I would go during – so I was like right next to the exit, right, where fans kind of have to walk up to the exit. And most fans go during timeouts. I would just go whenever so there were less people. I didn't think Oracle was too bad. I think the issue here is
2: uh, – Oh, and the, the last the last thing that I think is kind of the two, the two most – the two other things I didn't talk about that I think are important hmm. are – pre and post game atmosphere. Oracle sucks for this. AT&T Park on the other hand, I do think what makes Giants games fun is being able to go to like restaurants and bars beforehand or if it's a good game being able to like walk out and do that afterwards. Yeah, I yeah. think that whole plaza thing in front of Chase is going to be really cool pre-game. Maybe I'm wrong, but those are the type of things you don't know until they start playing games. Like it, well, it turns into an event and then the, the oh, go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: No, no, you're right. I didn't even think about that. You're right because you look at Oracle. There's nothing around there, right? You kind of have to like Uber to downtown Oakland basically. There's nothing around there. But um, where where Chase is right now, I, I don't think there's a massive te- uh, amount of stuff there. But they're building it out where there's going to be a it's, ton of restaurants. It's and pretty
2: close. There, so. But I do think kind of having that pregame yeah. thing like outside of it, it, does, it does – add to the atmosphere because people make a point they're like oh man we should go here for an hour before the game and then they go to the game way more excited and then the energy permeates like all make that stuff Trump. yeah all that, but all that stuff matters it, it's it's um you know it creates the atmosphere because ultimately the people create the atmosphere and what you're trying to do is bring the best out of people not necessarily you know tech's not what's creating the atmosphere what's creating the atmosphere is people being in the best mood possible and the best mood is like from having comfortable seats from being able to get around from all this stuff brings the best out in people you know what i'm saying yeah and so the I mean, la- you- the la- yeah oh, go ahead i'm sorry
1: no you got one more point let's finish that up i was going to say the,
2: the last thing is as you know the tech side is a little important like do does my cell phone work because it we're at a point where like if i can't send a text to my friend across the arena, that puts me in a bad mood. That's annoying. Like that. that's the last thing. And these are all things we won't know until you have 17,000 people in there.
1: Yeah, Oracle didn't have working Wi-Fi um, ever pretty much if unless you're media. So um, no, I hear you. I, so a few things. Number one, I think with the, the, the one that's very concerning to me, um, people who had upper-level tickets – uh the tickets at chase did seem a little bit higher up than the ones at oracle um so it doesn't seem like upper level season tickets or upper level tickets uh chase are going to be that great it's almost like man you're really just watching that big old tv screen now instead of watching the actual game on the floor so that's a little concerning um this one i thought is a little bit funny i can't wait to see people's think pieces on this one sam Uh, i know you're fascinated by this (laughs) but they have a divider Between what is the, I believe, the people that are sitting sideline and people that are sitting lower level, essentially. Uh, So there's a divider between that. So that's. Separating the
2: billionaires from the millionaires.
1: (laughs) That's exactly what. So it's not even like the elite from the poor. It's literally from the rich to the people that are rich, but not as rich. Uh, so that's that's pretty funny. So at I, someone
2: pointed out to me that divider has a, is in every other arena except for Oracle, and the <laughs> purpose of the divider is because, like you, if I ever go to a game early, I just walk down to courtside because no one's going to stop me. So the purpose of it is to stop people from walking to courtside. That's the 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 team sell of it. Uh, whether that's a real thing or not i don't know but
1: we'll see but that's that's uh i wasn't too mad about it when i kind of find out the location of where it was and it's like listen man like if you can get a ticket if you could buy a ticket to chase and you probably got quite a bit of money so um i think most people in there will be fine regardless um i am a little bit concerned about the atmosphere though like most people um i think what they've got those suites that have your personal butlers and things like that I, I very much am going to assume a lot of those suites and a lot of people are going to. Those suites like are, for-
2: are also underground. They did actually a good job of not um, stacking those seats in the middle of the arena. So it kind of like yeah. kills the atmosphere. Um, my impression when I went there was a lot of the same season ticket holders renewed. The bigger issues to 70%, me.
1: 70%, I think it was.
2: Yeah, the bigger issue to me, like it, it, it's all the same people. I saw games. The bigger issue to me is people are going to sell their tickets. And I just don't think big games will ever have a good atmosphere at Warrior o- at Games. Well, they again.
1: never did at Oracle in the last two years either. So.
2: Yeah. Because, and I can tell you this as a season ticket holder, the recommended resale value for the Laker games is over two and a half times what face value is. So, like, basically, what you pay in the season ticket package like what it averages out to, they say those Laker games should be sold for two and a half times as much. And then I go on the Warriors ticket exchange and they are double that price and selling. So what you're saying is those elite games can actually be sold for five times your face value, which is to say if you bought 44 of these, it's hard to pass up five times as much to just recoup.
1: Yeah. Well, my buddy has yeah, season tickets holder, he said he's not he's a season ticket holder he's a new season ticket holder he says he's not even gonna go to a game he's like dude what's the point i'm gonna make so much money like he's like i'm probably gonna go to a few but it's like why would i do that when i could just make a shit ton of money reselling these I and did, it's like it, it's not really what you want to hear but it's like that's money man what do you expect
2: like well, that's what's gonna happen i also think if you're charging people two to three hundred dollars a ticket And everyone buys two tickets. Hope maybe you split it with a buddy, but like you know, no one gets a one season ticket to just sit alone for forty four games, right? Um, You usually get them in pairs. So let's say you're paying five hundred dollars for two tickets for forty four games. That's twenty two grand. You're gonna gone are the days where it's like ten to ten to twenty dollars a ticket, and you're just like, I don't need to sell it because this isn't that much money to me. Most everyone I know who has that makes good money, but still is like, dude, if I can like cut a few thousand dollars off my season ticket tab and I don't have to go to 10 games, so I only go to 30 instead of 40, why not? And I completely get that. That's where, and this isn't a Bay Area thing. This is an everywhere thing. When the tickets get so expensive, most people are like, you know, I'd Going to every game is just not worth it. Why not sell half of them if I can, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. where you get the issues. And this goes well beyond the Warriors. You see the same thing in every other city in America. Yeah, well,
1: welcome to uh, I, I think the people who are kind of expecting the the old Oracle atmosphere that's just not how it's gonna work, man. Like, well, that
2: was that was always even though that's been gone for four
1: yeah, years, yeah, even but you know how it is. But Sam, you know you know how it is. People are gonna complain and say that Chase Center is not like what Oracle is, but Oracle wasn't Oracle in the last couple of years. That's just how it goes, man that that's how it goes. no, no but- yeah, it'
2: like randomly turn up for a couple of games, and that's just kind of how it goes. There's too much interest in the team. It's too easy to resell your tickets. I really don't think this if I have one issue with all the um media critiques of the crowd, it's how woefully unaware they are of the secondhand market like the Warriors facilitate the secondhand market I don't know a single season ticket holder who goes to all their games they all resell at least 20% most resell half because it's too because it's just it's too and and the Warriors could lower their ticket prices it's not going to make a difference they're still going to resell half it they'd have to lower the ticket prices to like $30 a ticket to make people want to literally go give five hours a night, forty-five oh. nights a year. Because <laughs> unless you live next to the arena, you have to factor in travel time too. You know. Well,
1: well, you know there is a way, Sam. That that the crowd might be uh, might be a little lively. You may have some real fans, quote unquote, real fans. Um, well, the Warriors might not be good next season. So if you want the old Oracle crowd to come back, if they end up winning about thirty-eight games. By the end of the season, if they're fighting for the uh, a lottery pick, yeah, you might have a, a good crowd where people are able to afford those tickets. So, if it's it's like a catch twenty two, man. If you you get what you wish, you know, Steph Curry is probably not going to be in the postseason. You know, if you're going to be mad about it, they're probably going to be you know a five six seed that you know, is probably in the second round. So, you know, which one do you prefer as a fan? Right, um, that's that's just how it goes, man.
2: Yeah. All right, we're going to move it forward. I think I think we can end this by saying Chase Center, we'll see.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad it's in San Francisco as a as an SF born and bred.
2: Person. And I mean, selfishly, we both work in the city, so <laughs> it it's going to be cool for the two of us.
1: We can f- get drunk before the game
2: to be able to <laughs> not have to consider like game day, got to leave the office at 4. You know, that sort of thing.
1: (laughs) Dude, Uh, I've had times where it's taking me two hours. I do think that's
2: also part of the complaining from certain people where it's like their commute just got 30 minutes longer. And it's like I – my sympathy level is somewhere between negative 100 and negative 99 for you. Like I could give a shit.
1: (laughs) I'm about to take a $10. I'm about to take a 10-minute Uber now to the game instead of driving two hours. You don't think I'm excited? I'm ready, man. I don't yeah, care. no
2: one, no one games. had pity for old Andy spending two hours on the road forty times a year to Oracle <laughs> from from the peninsula where the the non real fans live. Did anyone? Did anyone have pity for you? Nobody. Did you ever once? Did you ever once advertise the commute? Uh, eh, I have a feeling bit. we're gonna see media people letting us know every day how hard oh, the commute is you from know, you day. know People
1: are always whining the thing the thing about media is that the thing about basketball media is, the thing I about media is
2: they like to talk about themselves.
1: Yeah, well shocking um, But like here's the thing um, and I love we both know all the media people pretty much But I whine about what I have to do with media because I actually work a real job if I only did media there's nothing to whine about dude like the travel the whatever it's really like come on like like it, all, the driving or whatever dude it's like come on man you're getting paid to watch basketball and write about basketball you don't actually have any type of stress man like let's let's cut let's cut the shit so there, yeah. there's my take there's, well, I also... there's my take for you
2: is that the tick pick take of the week
1: <laughs> <laughs> soon coming soon coming soon fuck the media
2: well uh, it's it's not even that, but it's they I'm just gonna say if if I start seeing that stuff, I will make fun of it, <laughs> and that's all it's all love, it's all good times, but I will make fun of you for complaining about your commute to the game,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not real life stuff, man
2: in this week, the tick pick take of the week is LeBron James pathetic Instagram game, Andy. We were texting about it. Describe what you – how would you describe what LeBron is doing on Instagram?
1: There's so much to dive into. But the worst part of it is at this point he is so shameless that he's making his kid wake up at 4 in the morning just so he can record him work out. Listen, Sam, me and you were also 15 years old before. We did – nobody wakes up at 4 in the morning, okay, to play basketball. Nobody. That's not how this works. Love of the fame.
2: Oh my god. I mean, we just like, it's, you remember that girl you went to high school with who always wanted to be famous and moved to LA and then social media got popular and all you do when you log on to Instagram or Facebook is see her posting pictures of all the things she's doing and how cool she is. That's literally LeBron. And it's it's really unbecoming of a player of his stature and honestly like it just it just makes me dislike the guy it's like he he's so insecure in himself and his place in history he has to do this so it's just kind of like my god old man just like everyone everyone thinks you're one of the three best players of all time you don't need to do this
1: the final uh, as as, we're, as the segment is sponsored by take pick uh, take of the week is that there was no need to uh, post a workout of him doing like two three simple jump shots and then saying he's washed and that the comeback was coming Sam me and you known as one of the larger LeBron cr- critics in uh, on Twitter have we ever even called him washed? Come on man no now no. we're just fighting straw men on on social media
2: no one has um it's <laughs> just. I don't even know where to go with this but LeBron just get log off man just log off and that is your Tick Pick Take of the Week
1: alright my bookie Blue Wire Ad Reed Sam again football season's back I just had my fantasy football draft last night I picked Dalvin Cook in the first round Um, it's a brand new football season Antonio Brown is on Sam's Raiders Le'Veon Bell who I drafted in the second round is with the Jets Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one guy that or the one thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting is where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on all the football games every weekend. Uh, our Blue Wire podcasters are using mybookie.com slash Blue to sign up this year. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. I got buddies that are using this to bet on preseason games this weekend or tonight. Pretty pathetic. Um, but respect, Blue Wire. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. So all you got got to do is pick five NBA games against spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookieOnline today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, and get paid. Moving on. What do we got, Sam? We got, uh, we got, uh, we got some
2: mailbag questions. We're, we're going to yeah. actually... Let's let's move into this. Um, so we're going to go with the first one here is from Bob Lynn. Loyal light years podcast listener
1: oh asian dude love that
2: and that's all our listeners (laughs) Um, (laughs) hypothetically what player would be an ideal fit with steph clay dre core on the court in the locker room over the next five years three and d wing who can attack closeouts but okay with being a second third option something like pre-injury gordon hayward um, I wouldn't have called pre-injury Gordon Hayward the ideal fit, like the perfect, perfect fit, but he would have been a good fit. Um, I actually have a good one for you. I was just thinking about this. Everyone talks about Giannis to the Warriors, and by everyone I mean you and me, <laughs> <laughs> and like select Warrior fans. But let's let's assume D'Lo has a great year, and the Bucks are desperate. Would you trade D'Lo oh, for God. Middleton? Chris Middleton? Ugh. Because he'd uh, be cool being the third option. Like he does
1: What type? What type of year does D'Lo have in this hypothetical that you're giving? Let's say. What does he become?
2: Let's say 10 percent better than he was this year. Let's say he's the same type of player, but more efficient at what he does. But there's still the same defensive flaw. Like he, he get he goes from bad defensively to just like average. <laughs> Like there's there's no huge step. He just gets better at what he does.
1: I'd do that trade. I'd do that trade. And my, and, and I think I'd do that trade pretty easily. Just it's just an easy fit. I mean, it, the the Giannis, the Embiid, the the all these type of superstar players, they're going to be a long shot to come to the Warriors, right? End of the day. Um. So I think and, that and the and the prospect
2: chance, of getting one of them means getting rid of draymond or clay in which case it's a different it's a different conversation but
1: that's fine yeah i'd give both up for for Giannis. honest but um yeah so if if yeah if that option was on the table i'd do it without even i gave it about five seconds of thought at first but middleton is a solid defender a uh, decent enough score in the postseason, right? He's a really good score in the regular season, but decent enough score in the postseason. And he's not going to be – like the other thing selfishly is too, it, it, there's a pecking order, right? I think some of the issues sometimes with Steph and Katie is you kind of didn't know who was going to shoot, who was going to have the ball. Now, that worked out regardless because they're so freaking good. But with Steph, Clay, Middleton, and Draymond, it's perfect to where anybody can uh, spot up. Uh, Middleton can kind of get his own shot actually better than Clay.
2: Um, Middleton can get really his own. He's a good passer. He's a yeah, really good so defender.
1: I'd do that in a second. I think you would too. It's just yeah, a matter M- of Middleton's making contracts a, work. Middleton's yeah.
2: an 18 point, four to five assist kind of guy who, in other words, he'll have his nights where he can get 30, but like more nights than not, it's between like 15 and 17, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bucks would never do that trade. That's the problem. So,
2: <laughs> no, they. someone would have to step up on their wing defensively and yeah. they would have to feel some desperation. He, that Giannis is going to leave next year, yeah. and think like we need a, uh, we need someone more creative than Middleton because the, to me the Bucks' biggest issue is Middleton is their closer. Yes, and well, the
1: issue is that Giannis can't close. Then that's not it's not that Middleton is closer.
2: But I view Giannis as a big man. I view him like AD. I view him like Shaq.
1: Well, no, he's better than AD.
2: No, but I view it in the same way that like he can be the best player on your team. But I don't think his game is situated to being a shot creator off the dribble from the perimeter.
1: Well, you know, one day LeBron got there.
2: Braun was a lot better shooter from a younger age. Correct. You could Correct. You, you could be right. Correct. Maybe maybe Giannis gets there, but I kind of view Giannis the same way I view Shaq, Duncan. I just view him as a bit, like the modern version of the perfect big man.
1: Yeah, well well the the, the thing with that is if they are forced to somehow trade uh, Middleton that means that like you said Giannis is going to leave and if that's the case then the Warriors are going to be wanting Giannis way more than Middleton and if you have to take a guess I mean Giannis would probably count the Warriors as a team he would go to if that were the case so
2: yeah um, any so. other players you can think of as a perfect fit next to them in, in this um, scenario I mean Paul George comes to mind um
1: yeah I think we realistic scenario maybe I think would be better um uh, do you have to trade D'Angelo Russell? I, I I don't think so, but I mean, I look. I mean, at you kind of have to if you want.
2: You kind of have to, to absorb a contract period. But yes,
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, I was thinking Jalen. I don't think I think Jason Tatum's probably out of out of. But like people say, Robert Covington. Like I don't want that. If you want to look at more upside, I'd look at Jalen Brown. I don't know if you do that trade. Right, probably not.
2: I mean, but, I don't know like what we, that, what you give Boston to make them want to do it, but
1: well, I was was gonna say Delo, right? Like that would be, yeah, that would be the guy. But but like maybe they would not do that trade either. But I think that that is on the right track, though. It's just not much you can get. Like there's no not a real player like that if you look around the league because wings are so. Um, and that might that everybody might actually, wants a wing.
2: that might actually be why Robert Covington is the more realistic option because you start running down the list of wings. Who can play mm-hmm. both ways? Mm-hmm. It's a really short list. Like you, 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 realize how good a player Clay is. Like it's easy for us watching Clay every time, every day. Basically, be like, well, he can't create off the dribble. He's not, not that great, right? But then you're like, there's like, ten wings who can score twenty points and guard the other team's best player at a high yeah. level. Max at they're a high even, level. There's not even ten. Sorry, took back. There's a five.
1: Yeah, like look at, like people, like people are gonna say like, oh Bradley Beal or like, uh, you know who who are the shooting guards like that are like better uh, dribble creators, right? Right. Clay, but they don't play no defense, and they're not the lock the knockdown shooter that Clay is. I'd rather have Clay ten out of ten times than someone like Bradley Beal. That's just how it's gonna be. Like we're talking playoff games. That's well, I'm not even gonna go on that rant, but like. Klay Thompson is a proven playoff performer, and I, I just don't like seeing people like Bradley Beal mentioned in the same breath.
2: And I but, like uh, Bradley Beal. I think he's really good. Yeah,
1: I, don't know why, I don't know why I'm picking on Bradley Beal. Let's, let's move on to the next question.
2: Bradley bad. Beal does, um, does get overhyped every summer a little bit. But anyway, uh, but so does D'Angelo Russell, and now he's a warrior. So, yeah. All right, here's the next one. Light Years podcast this is from Ron Dizzle. Are there any other foods that have this much hype? Like Popeye's oh God, chicken are we sandwich. Doing a f- Would food you compare corner. it to Russell Westbrook? Considered one of the best, causes fights, ultimately a nice fad, but will flame out eventually and get you nowhere. Your thoughts. <laughs> I like have
1: this. Have you had the Popeye's chicken sandwich?
2: I have not, because I do not chase every trend I see on Twitter. Um that's because you're old. And, and I'm my own person. So there's that too. I did like him. I kind of want to take it. Is Russell Westbrook the Popeye's chicken sandwich of, of basketball players? I'm going to say yes. The, the, the 16 17 Westbrook MVP campaign, which was literally where Mad KD went to the Warriors campaign, was definitely an internet created fad. He was never the MVP. He was never nearly that good. And it just took on a life of its own because people online are very bitter.
1: Um, I I will leave you to answer that question. My thoughts on the online thing is, Sam, I think the NBA from the media to the players give way too much credence to what is said from what is essentially a minority on Twitter, um, I think the NFL, while they are a much worse uh, organization in terms of how they deal with social issues, do not really care what is said on Twitter and social media because they know at the end of the day, that's not the majority of people um, that are fans.
2: I would agree with that. I think that's a very very smart take. Yeah. Um, so some would say. Pivoting to it as being ahead of the times, I kind of think it's somewhere in the middle. Uh, but your ultimate point is is accurate. Yeah. All right. it, Let me. What be- do we got next? From Wise Man Thirty, is Kobe the ultimate love of the fame player we've seen? <laughs> Dude who created the nickname Black Mamba used the myth surrounding that persona to make us think he was near goat status. And gave rise to the worst fan base in sports, the Kobe Stanis.
1: You want to take this one?
2: I'm gonna say no. The worst love of the Ooh. fan player is clearly LeBron James. Kobe started doing this at the tail end of it. I mean, he created the Black Mamba thing, and like every one of his press conferences was like some sort of cryptic thing about like how hard he works. Uh, but he didn't. He just—it wasn't as marketed as as this this tweet saying. In my opinion, I think he took on a life fit at the end. But I don't think it's love of the fame. Love of the fame is in the moment far more, and he was far too obsessive in the moment.
1: <laughs> um, I think it's yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. I think end of the day, Kobe is someone that he would do what it took to win a basketball game. Um, and now part of that is gonna he wants to look good, but I think that he always just really just wanted to win titles and whatever came along with that, calling himself Black Mamba, etc., he'll live with. I think LeBron is more like, Hey, if I don't win a title, let me think of ways to kinda um to kinda make myself look a lot better in the light, uh, despite not winning. I think with Kobe it was always I need to fucking find a way to win, no matter what. So, um, yeah, that's more love of the game than it is love of the fame, though I think there's a little bit of both with Kobe, of course. Uh, there's
2: a little bit of both in every one of us. <laughs> yeah, some
1: of us is more of one than the other. Um, that was a great question. Uh,
2: All what right, do I got we one. Got, I got next? For you. Bet your life 23. This guy cracks me up. Andy Lou, explain your love affair oh, with Taylor Swift and Dovestep.
1: <sighs> I didn't think you were going to actually ask this one. Um First off, I'm not a dubstep fan. I, I like EDM. I don't like dubstep. There's a difference. People don't understand that EDM is – there are different genres of EDM. OK? There's like trance. There's dubstep. There's progressive house. There's deep house. Dubstep is the worst one. Sam, OK? You get it? Does that make sense?
2: It, it does make <laughs> sense. It does make <laughs> sense. I honestly I zoned out when you start talking about EDM. <laughs>
1: Um, so I do not listen to excision for, so for the, for the five people that are, you know what I'm talking about. So I don't listen to excision. See, Elenium is more on the good side. Okay. So there's different versions of that. Right. Just cause I like basketball doesn't mean I like watching LeBron every single game. Okay. It's not how it works, um, with Taylor Swift, I, listen, man, it's like, you have like, you have those like guilty pleasure, like music, music, wow. Well, music. I can't even talk music, right. Where it's like, nope, never. listen to it like you just like you like it but you don't really want to admit that you like it you know what i mean taylor swift is definitely that for me but i'm fully aware of admitting that i like taylor swift i always have i can't i can't i can't knock her it's just it's entertaining it's kind of depressing it's poppy sam i know you like it
2: next question your girl likes it how about that (laughs) from walter bedford Why do most analysts rank Harden above Steph? To me, Steph mm. is a tier above. And to quote the god, Zach Lowe, closer to LeBron and KD than he is to players like Harden. Is it because Rockets and their fans whine like babies? Um The insult mm. at the end, well I did enjoy it. I think it's I think it's because players Tend to still look at the game through an old school lens, and Harden makes a lot more sense than Steph Curry if you played in the 90s. It's really that simple. Like the minute KD left, you see every player who hated the Warriors coming out and saying they're gonna suck. <laughs> but the same players also said KD going there was unfair, so I'm confused. Yep, like they yep, tried yep. to create this scenario where KD was like LeBron leaving leaving Cleveland. But the Warriors aren't Cleveland. So I'm very confused here. But it it all points back to the same thing. A lot of players were bothered by the Warriors' rise because it gave way to Steph, who in their mind is not as complete a player and doesn't play with a certain level of physicality and do as many things. And, I mean, it's a generational thing. I think in 20 years, maybe 30 years, people will look beyond it. But until then, no.
1: Yep, I think you hit all the spots. And I just one more quick point I would say is Steph looks like Steph, man. It's always going to be like that. Steph looks like Steph. Steph is a skinny guy that does not look like James Harden, does not look like Giannis, does not look like LeBron James, right? Does not look like these guys. Um, and that's just how it's always going to be, um, like you said. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, Zach Lowe is definitely right. Zach Lowe one of the smartest people in, in basketball media. So um, I think the other thing is I love that well-rounded uh, is a part that people say is an issue for Steph, and then they say Harden is better, and Steph is about ten times better the defender that Harden is. So uh, that's always very fascinating.
2: Am um, better off ball games more versatile. Like if anything, better Harden,
1: clutch player.
2: I mean Harden's Harden's great, but like Harden's game is as one-dimensional as it gets he's just amazing at that one dimension like you know it's coming and you can't stop it basically yep yep there's way less there's way less um variety in his game anyway okay two more questions when do you think willie collie stein will become the full-time starter from sf bay drummer i think it's starting from day one
1: yeah what do you mean yeah full-time starting center what does that even mean starting every game
2: Let's 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 talk about the center position for a second, because I kind of see it being pretty much a fifty-fifty split with him and Looney. Um, I think Kerr's is going to find it hard to play Looney at power forward next to. Please, please don't. What?
1: Please don't play Looney at power forward. Is what I'm
2: saying. No. I mean. Please don't. Yeah, probably not. But anyway, it's. I think they're just going to – it's going to be a little matchup, matchup thing. Like if, if Willie's in his element and playing well, he'll play more minutes. If he's not, it'll be more of a Looney game. Looney's a consistent guy.
1: Yeah, Looney's consistent. He's also a much better player. I think that Willie Cauley-Stein is going to operate re- – people think he's good. <clears throat> people think he has a lot of potential and stuff like that. I think you'd agree with me here, Sam. I think he's just JaVale, maybe a little bit better. Um, I don't think he's anything better than that. So yeah, I think he starts, but I don't think he's going to come close to ever finishing games. I don't think he's going to finish any of them. Um, if you're trying to win a basketball game, I don't think Willie Stein should be finishing anything. So yeah, I think you could play him, you know, maybe 25 minutes a game. But yeah, in crunch time, you're going to play Looney every single time. You have to.
2: Yeah, I think I think Willie's going to be better on offense and defense for the Warriors. Like having a guy who's that athletic who gets to the rim at well. Yeah, always yeah. always a positive, but. Yeah, I agree with you. Looney's gonna be the guy who closed the games.
1: That should be good. Looney's gonna be fun, man. He he should have been the guy closing he was closing the games in the finals and the, the Western Conference finals, too. He's a, he's a good I mean, player. Some, good for him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Last question from Nathan Hoffman. Has Steph ever had a love of the fame moment? <sighs> well, he,
1: we didn't mention this, but he did play a, a pickup style basketball game in Oakland with Mr. Fab over the weekend. Um, although I will say I didn't really see any cameras outside of like your random dude taking film of the game. I don't know if that's love of the fame. Um, Man, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, as your resident step, Stan, I, I want to say no. I really can't think of anything. I think the only times he would do love of the fame stuff is is uh, if he's you know kind of uh, uh, posting stuff about Aisha. <laughs> but
2: that's I don't know. That's don't more love there. of love of uh, the bed, not having to sleep on the couch.
1: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something. <laughs> oh,
2: um, it's it's a good question. He for love sure he bed. for sure has because we all do. No one. Everyone has. It's it's more of a it's more of a ratio thing. Or do you do more things because you like it for love of the game, or for the gram love of the, love of the fame? And I would say Steph clearly veers more into the authentic category than the fame category. So
1: he's way more love of the game than he is love of the fame. I, I guess the only thing you could say is love of the fame is uh, the shimmying and the the bench celebrations in front of the opposing player benches i don't even think he, it's he knows what he's I doing ne-
2: i would never i would never say when lebron taunts on the court it's love of the fame what i consider love of the fame is when lebron gets on instagram and does stuff that's <laughs> attention seeking behavior that you see from like you know like that
1: 16 year old white woman oh, girls yeah, like, i guess you, would be the would be know, the maybe, right maybe,
2: way maybe maybe that girl from high school who who really wanted attention that type of thing but, you know, we're not going to go there.
1: Love of the fame. Uh, Steph Curry, more love of the game than he will ever be than love of the fame. All right. Do we have anything else?
2: No, nah, we'll get out of here. Um, we're going to do a few more of these kind of shorter pods uh, up until training camp, and then we'll get back into the grind.
1: Yeah, we're almost back, man. I'm fucking juice. So. But, yeah, anyway, uh, Blue Wire. Next,
2: next, week we'll, uh, next week we'll pod about how disappointed you are in Jimmy G.
1: Listen, it's going to be a great season for us. I, I'm very excited. It's halftime right now. Kendrick Bourne had a big catch for a touchdown. I'm excited, man. Our D line is deep. We've got decent. You know, I got a decent secondary. I thought was going to be uh, really bad. Um, Dante Pettis is soft, right? So that's an issue. But I don't know. Shanahan's a genius on offense. I kind of think that's going to take care of itself. And
2: uh, Iron Liners going to is win eight genius? nine games. Is he good on he offense? Actually, is he actually a genius? Because on offense, I don't actually buy that.
1: You don't buy that because your John Gruden is an idiot. That's why.
2: No, Gruden's not don't, an idiot. Gruden don't pro, don't super, project. Gruden has a Super Bowl ring. Don't project. Um, God, God.
1: Twenty years ago.
2: Fifteen. Uh, but we can we can let that go. I'm not I'm not actually sure he's a genius. I think he's I think he's a genius the way that people think. Russell Westbrook's a genius.
1: Oh my. Okay. Ah, uh, we out of here. Fame.